Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Another week of Believe in Betting, and we're looking at the Sweet 16 this week. That's right. Oh, boy, is it going to be a good one. I'm telling you, I have enjoyed the tournament so far up until this point, and I am really, really pumped up for now the Sweet 16. This is kind of, uh, you know, where the teams separate themselves. Of course, you do have a few, obviously, a few Cinderella's left, and we all like the Cinderella story early on, but overall, you know, the cream rises to the top here, and that's what I certainly expect. We're going to take a look at this from a betting perspective. Um, I had a pretty good weekend last weekend. You know, I started off on Thursday real hot. Friday took a step back. Saturday was uneven. You know, it was a, a, about an about an even performance. So I lost a little bit on the big, and then Sunday absolutely crushed it. Uh, TCU. And the over in a double play was my biggest play of the weekend. So I I had a great, great, great weekend overall uh, saving it on Sunday where I was waiting for that game. You know, Vermont uh, was a team that I was on top of. They barely, barely got by. But, you know, hey, look, it, it doesn't matter how many you cover by, you cover. All right, guys, if you want to get in touch with us, please go check out Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, uh, sportsgarden.com and sportsgarden. Hashtag S-G-N as well over on Twitter, over on Facebook, and you can get in touch with us there. All right, let's get into it here, guys. You know, I, before I, I I really dive in here, I do want to have a conversation real quick. Um, so I spent the weekend in Atlantic City, in sports books the entire weekend in Atlantic City. And for anybody out there, whether you're a novice better or you are a seasoned pro, the sports books are still cool, man. I, I'm sorry, they are. Look, we're in an age where sports betting is, is thrown in our face. So over the last just few years, that's what's happened. It's been kind of just thrown in our faces. And you start to look at the sports betting landscape, the landscape of what everything is, and the availability, the accessibility, the easiness of just going to your phone and sitting at home on your couch or going to a local bar or going to, uh, you know, one of these bars that, that's our sports bar. Yeah, that that's kind of cool. And that could be fun here and there. But for something like the opening weekend, the Thursday and Friday specifically of March Madness, of the absolute craziness of the brackets, the sports book is still a great place. You know, you have everybody in there sort of rooting all for the same kind of team. You feel the ebbs and flows. You feel the screaming and the yelling. You feel, uh, you know, the excitement. But it's people betting, and it's a different world. It's not everyone in Yankee Stadium kind of rooting for the Yankees or everybody in Dodger Stadium rooting for the Dodgers. No, it's not that. It's not even the over-under where you could kind of feel a little bit of that tension. No, I'll give you a great story real quick to start this off. Um, the guys behind me, there was a table of about 10 guys and another table of about you know 8 to 10 guys. And the one table, so you start to see them cheering and they're getting excited. They're getting, they're getting anxious. They're getting into it. Well, the one table had over 58 and a half points. The other table had over 59 points. Well, with three minutes to go, they only needed a few points and the excitement started to build. Now the game was over. Villanova had crushed them. You know, the game was already over. Uh, now the entire sports book, sports book of 200 people, all kind of rooting for these guys, you know, because they've been rooting all day. They tell everybody, yeah, we got the over and you start, everyone starts to kind of root for them. And you start, 
start to feel the swell and you start to get into it and you start to kind of, you know, have fun with it. It really, you know, and that's what it is. It's a fun environment. Um, another great thing about the sports books is the accessibility, the ideas, the exchange of ideas. You get to kind of see what the public likes, um, you know, what line movements are there. Maybe there's a guy that has a great line here and he sees something before you do. Maybe there's a stat. It's a sharing of information. And it's one of the real interesting notes when you're talking about the sharing of information um, that a lot of times when you are on Twitter and if you live on Twitter and only like 8% of people are on Twitter, but if you live on Twitter and you live on Facebook and you live in social media, you tend to think that people in this business, people like me, you know, are against each other. And you see it all the time. People calling out each other in the sports book. Everyone's kind of together. You know, everyone's showing you the tickets. Oh, yeah, this is what I got. You know, this is what I like. And if you are against each other, yeah, I saw these two guys kind of get into it. They they were, uh, you know, cheering back and forth. But it was that, that eh, digging out, you cheer. Uh, one guy was, you know, a Texas fan. The other guy's a Virginia Tech fan. And they were going back and forth. And they didn't know each other. Uh, the next day, we're there. And guess what? They're on the same team. They're high-fiving. They're loving it. Well, you know what? They made the same bet. So it's an interesting concept of, you know, Will the sports book die? Will the sports book go away? I don't think so. I think it's here to stay because it is so much fun. It's such a unique experience. If you've never done it, you know, tell your wife you're going with a couple of a uh, couple of boys. Go down there. Even if you can only go with one other person, or even if you go by yourself, you're going to find fun. Go down to Atlanta City. Go down to, um, you know, Las Vegas and just enjoy that opening weekend. Get there Thursday. Make the Thursday games, Friday games, Saturday games. And by Sunday, people start clearing out. But, it, you know, look, I stayed around for the Sunday games. And that, like I said, TCU game was just uh, an incredible experience. All right. Let's get into the games. Thursday goes off at 7 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, Gonzaga, Arkansas. You know, Arkansas is one of those teams where I, I thought that they could go down in round one. And I also said, and I talked to you guys about this, I said, if Arkansas doesn't go down in round one, I could see them playing in the final four. I really could. Gonzaga is giving nearly 10 points here. It's nine and a half. It has touched 10 in some spots and 155 is the total. I think it's a high total. But what we know about Gonzaga is usually in the tournament, they tend to struggle early. They don't do great early in the tournament. And then as the tournament moves on, well, they get better and better and fiercer and fiercer. Well, is that the spot here against an Arkansas team that has had their defensive problems? I think 155 is a massive line. Uh, but you look at what Gonzaga has done and you go, yeah, I get it. The scare was there, you know, for Gonzaga a few times. But overall, this is the Gonzaga team that we kind of expected. There's a lot of people that were on Gonzaga this year. I have been against them, yet I said I think their field to get here is, is very good. I think Arkansas could play this game close. And if this was two weeks ago where Arkansas was winning, what, 14 or 15 in what I thought was a great SEC. By the way, the SEC looks terrible. Um you know, I, I would be all over Arkansas plus the nine and a half. And I tend to think they probably keep this game close. But I can't go against Gonzaga. Mark Few with four days off, time to prepare, you know, in a place where Gonzaga is going to have the home court advantage, even though they're not on their own home court in San Francisco. Okay, there's going to be more Gonzaga fans than there are Arkansas fans. I think Arkansas has the ability to do this, but they're not playing as well as they were a couple of weeks ago. And Gonzaga might just be hitting their peak. Michigan, Villanova, and San Antonio. Villanova is a five-point favorite over number 11, Michigan. You know, I didn't think Michigan belonged here. I didn't think Michigan belonged to make the tournament, but I understood their strength of schedule. I didn't believe that Juwan Howard was a good coach, but I understood that he had elevated this team in certain respects. This is all about Jay Wright, though, for me, where 
You look at Villanova and who they are. They're the 28th ranked defense in the country. They also have the best player on the floor, Connor Gillespie. I don't think you could really argue that. And I know, look, I, I know Michigan's got some great players and specifically one big great player. I get that. But what Villanova does really well and what Michigan doesn't do well really matches up. Michigan has a problem defending the perimeter shot. That right there could be the difference in this game. Now, Michigan's going to own underneath the boards. Michigan's going to bully them underneath. But Villanova's going to shoot it from the outside. And the way that Villanova's been shooting from the outside, nearly 40% from three-point lane over the last uh, month or so, Villanova is going to win the game based on their ability to hit that outside shot. But if they're unable to do that, the passing of Gillespie and the vision of this team and the coaching of Jay Wright, again, I'm going with coaching. I mentioned Mark Few with a couple of days off. Well, Jay Wright with a few days off may be the best in the country overall. I think that he is that kind of coach that can elevate this team. Duke, Texas Tech, everyone's going to be looking, is this Coach K's final dance, right? Is this Coach K's final exit? T, uh, Texas Tech is actually favored by a point one thirty seven as the total. Duke came into the final game at Coach K, you know, at, at, on the Coach K floor in Krzyzewskiville, in Krzyzewskiville, um, and, and you look at this and you go, yeah, you know, I, I see Duke just dominating. And then they lost that last game for Coach K. And then they went out and they lost the ACC championship game. And I was down on them. But I've been massively impressed with what Duke has shown. With that said, they beat a Cal State Fullerton team that I told you guys right here was a disaster, 288th in the country uh, in offensive efficiency. They just they, they couldn't hit outside shots. They were atrocious. And then they went out and they beat a Michigan State team that many people thought was a really bad Michigan State year and a bad team. So I understand the line being one here, and I think that Duke is going to get plenty of money. If you've watched Texas Tech play, though, they have just rolled over people. They have steamrolled people. It's hard to go against Texas Tech here. I think the line is right, but I'm not counting out Duke because I've seen the best of Duke this year, and the best of Duke this year wins this game handedly. But I just don't think they're playing the best right now. And wins over Cal State Fullerton and wins over Michigan State doesn't convince me. Meanwhile, Texas Tech is rolling people. I think Texas Tech is a good bet. I get it. I understand it. You're going against the public, uh, but I could see Duke pulling this out. This is the toughest game on this day for me. Houston, Arizona. You know, I've been down on Houston. I get it. The Houston, Houston's going to have their successes, and Houston has proven me wrong. The total, by the way, is 145, which I think is, uh, you know, a, an interesting note. This is in San Antonio, so it's going to be a Houston crowd, but Arizona travels well, and it's all not that far. Arizona's getting shaved some points here. They're only minus one and a half. Look, I think that this line should be four or five. And I think it's not four or five because of what Arizona did the last time people saw them. It's the recency bias. The last people saw of Arizona on the floor, they're going into overtime with TCU and, and, you know, struggling and not looking so great. Yeah, but people forget, you know, they've lost one game in months, guys. And along the way, they beat a UCLA team that everybody was really hyped up on and and happy about twice. This is a team that just scores 80 points night after night after night after night. 85 against TCU, 87 against Wright State, 84 against UCLA, 82 against Colorado, 84 against Stanford, 89 against Cal, 81 against Stanford, 91 against USC. You know, then they then they lost their game at Colorado, where it was just inexplicable. Before that, 97, 84, 83, 92. And you go, they're just putting, they're going to put up mid-80s, it seems, every night. And here's the thing. Their defense is going to put up a lot of points as well, or give up a lot of points. They've given up 80, 70, um, 76, 72, 80. 
you know, five games in a row, 70 or more points. So I don't think Houston's going to be out of this. But to me, this is Arizona and the overall day. The over might be my favorite play. And I know that Houston has a pretty good defense. And Houston can really step up and kind of, uh, you know, make a game of this. I'm not saying that they, they can't at all. And you look at what they did defensively to Illinois, what they did defensively to UAB, sure. But I'm looking at that they put up 82 against UAB. Illinois is a defensive team. They near, they put up 68, nearly 70 points on them. 71 on Memphis, 86 on Tulane. To me, the over is the best play here, but I do lean Arizona in this game. All right, let's go to Friday's games. And now we get the everyone's favorite team and everyone's going to be betting on St. Peter's because it's fun to do that. Yet the line is 12 and a half on Purdue. Look, Purdue is a, a, a very, very good team. And I have ridden Purdue all year. Before the year, I told you that Purdue was a Final Four team. I told you that Tennessee was a Final Four team. I put my money on both of them while Tennessee's out. So I'm really hoping Purdue wins this game. And I think they do. I think they win this game handedly. The over-under is 135. Every year we get a team that's fun, exciting. Oral Roberts a couple of years ago. Everybody remembers that. Well, St. Peter's is that team now. Now with a couple of days off, they're not going to blitz people. They're not going to. There's going to be some film on them. There's going to be some tape on them. Purdue is at times this year has at times this year I should say a look like the best team in the country. Well, now they get St. Peter's. I think they roll them. It looked twelve and a half. I probably won't lay it, but I think they win this game by twenty points. And St. Peter's, hey, nice run. Goodbye. See you later. Kansas against Providence, much of the same. Kansas is a seven-point favorite here. 141 is the total. Providence is a team I thought was going home in the first round. I, I I would be the first to say. I said, I'm betting against Providence. I didn't believe in their Big East regular season championship win. I didn't buy into it. I thought South Dakota State could go out there and, and clean their clock, and South Dakota State was scoring like 90 a night, the best three-point shooting team in the country. They held them to 57. Then I believe that Richmond was probably in over their head. I did like Purdue, uh, or I'm sorry, Providence in that game, but I never expect them to hold them to 51. Uh, this Providence defense has stepped up, and while they played close games all year long, they have played really well, and I want to give them their plenty of credit. But Kansas is starting to remind me, and look, I filled out two brackets. You guys know that, and I told you about the two brackets I filled out. One, I had Tennessee winning it all. The other one, I had Kansas winning it all. Kansas has the makings right now, and they the look of a championship team. They have the look of a team that Bill Self now has four days to prepare for a Providence team, and I think we all see the flaws there. So I think Kansas wins, and they probably win handedly again. UCLA-North Carolina might be my favorite game this weekend. I thought that UCLA was playing fantastic basketball. I thought they could be a Final Four team going into what I watched in the tournament. I haven't been overly impressed with UCLA. North Carolina, I thought they were a little in over their head. I thought they win against uh, you know Duke in Coach K land on the last day, nationally televised game, all of that. I said that was either going to be the jumping off point for you uh, for UNC or it was going to be the uh-oh moment. Well, it looks like the jumping off point for them. They're getting two and a half points over unders 141 and a half. Both of these teams have the ability. Both of these teams absolutely can can play their best. I again, here's a game. I just don't know. I lean UNC only because I think they're streaking at the right time. UCLA is the better team. UCLA has the best player on the floor. Well, that's kind of a problem. UCLA probably has the coaching advantage as well, but I think the athletes are in North Carolina. Eileen, North Carolina, would not shock me, not only if USC won, but if USC was sitting in the Final Four. 
Miami, Iowa State. This is a fun one on Friday night because it's number 10 against number 11. So that means a double-digit seed will be playing in the Elite Eight. Miami's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, Miami didn't have a very good year, and they play a different style than a lot of people are used to. They, they play that kind of small ball, running up and down. A lot of people didn't believe that they were going to get past USC. Well, they barely did get past them, but they got past. Then they just took out Auburn in a game where, look, I don't want to nail you guys, uh, you Hurricane fans, and just say it was fluke, but it was really fluky. I mean, Arizona just really, look, they just, I, you know, I'm sorry, Auburn, they just didn't show up. I mean, oh, look, you could say, well, it was our defense. And we did, it, look, they just didn't show up. It was a blitzing, absolute ridiculous game where you, you, never in any way, way, shape, or form believed that they were going to be able to come back at that. Miami had full control. Now, Iowa State, on the, on the other hand, defense, defense, and more defense. Took out LSU, they held them to 54 points. Took out Wisconsin, held them to 49 points. Well, that's nothing new for this team. That plays ridiculous defense. It's just, can they get the offense going? I can't stop thinking about that Oklahoma State game at the end of the year the Oklahoma State game where they only scored 36 points. They held Oklahoma State to 53 and they lost the game by nearly 20 points. I don't love their offense, but in a defensive battle type of game, which this is going to become, this is going to be a defense game through and through. The over-under set at 133, it should be about 123. I'd be very shocked if either one of these teams get to 70. I don't think either one of the teams get to 70. To me, this has 60-58 written all over it. I would worry about overtime with the total, but that's about it. So we will have a double-digit team going into the Elite Eight. We will have, well, a very, very good potential of having both North Carolina and Duke potentially alive to meet in the Final Four. I mean, how ridiculous would that be? St. Peter's is still alive, guys. Yeah, look, the Cinderella team of all Cinderella teams is still out there. Providence is kind of having a Cinderella season. Same thing with Michigan. They're not a typical Cinderella, but sure, they're out there. So there's a lot of storylines to go on, a lot of ways to make a little bit of money this week. I do like the totals. I think the totals are the way to go in this round. I gave you my kind of my, my feel of what's going on, but look, You know, my favorite total is that Houston over. I I just think that no matter what you say, Houston's getting to the mid-70s. Arizona's getting to the 80s. And once again, just like I had Arizona last game, that's how I'm looking at it. And I think that that's what we're looking at here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Please go check us out, sportsgarten.com, sportsgarten, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. And please, everybody, go out there, enjoy the tournament, and make lots of money. We'll talk next week when we are talking Final Four. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.